0: This week's episode of Scary Savannah and Beyond is brought to you by the Reading and Writing Podcast. Do you like scary stories or novels? Have you ever considered writing your own scary story or novel?
1: Listen to the Reading and Writing Podcast today by Jeff Rutherford. Best-selling horror, suspense, and thriller writers including Dean Kuntz, John Sanford, Jeffrey Deaver, and many more talk about their novels, their writing habits, and offer great tips and tricks for aspiring
0: writers. That's the Reading and Writing Podcast. You can search for Reading and Writing Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. More than 550 episodes, you can believe that? Wow. Featuring interviews with your favorite scary writers. I can't wait
1: to check that out.
0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of the Scary Savannah and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Brett, and with me, as always, is my most favorite person in the whole wide world. It just also happens to be the most beautiful one in this room.
1: Hey, Layla's pretty.
0: Yeah, she's pretty. Crystal, <laughs> how have you been doing this week?
1: I've been good. We had a open mic night Wednesday at Sampar. It was fun.
0: One of the subjects we're going to be talking about in this episode is where we went and stayed in Savannah, and it turns out a lot of people around here are really getting into our thing, our podcast here, and uh, really yeah, excited to Yeah, also a lot it. of
1: talk about our podcast Wednesday night. Oh, a lot yeah. of people want to be guests on, so we'll be bringing you some Yeah.
0: Shout out to you, content. Eddie. Shout out to you. If <laughs> you enjoy this episode. You can find us on the web at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on our social media sites on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, <laughs> even for some reason, at the username at Scary Savannah. On YouTube, you may need to go to our website to click through to it, but you will find the link right there. So if you could go subscribe to our YouTube channel, that'd be awesome too. We're going to be posting a lot more videos. We actually have one up for this particular episode that we recorded as a little promo, right?
1: Yeah, we finally got it together and got an episode up.
0: Yeah, I bought a video uh, rather a, an iPhone gimbal so I can go back to my old videography days and walk around and look like the biggest tourist this side of the Mason Dixon line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: everyone was staring at you, not.
0: Yeah. They didn't nah, care. Nobody gives a.
1: There's, there are a lot of tourists. They don't, don't
0: care. care what I'm doing. But when we pull out that big recorder that we carry around. And yeah, a, now people look yeah, at
1: you when we Then do they're that. like,
0: hey, who are these people? This is sort of strange. We've got two things we're going to talk to you about in this episode. And the first one is one of the more notoriously haunted locations in the city, which is
1: what we say about everything what then.
0: I can say about any given thing here. And we, it sounds facetious when we say that, but we literally are the most haunted city in America so, there's no square inch out here that doesn't have some sort of ghost story, whether it's true or not, right? Yeah,
1: I literally can't meet one person who hasn't experienced some sort of ghostly encounter. Even And they'll be like, I don't even believe in this stuff at all, but I saw it and they still don't believe it. They're like, eh, I don't even, I just like ignore it.
0: Yeah, they. It's, Crystal, when we were at the Sandbar, was actually talking to one of our friends named Paula. And she was telling her about some experiences she had on Tybee Island. And she said, as it was happening, and she saw things, she said, I don't believe in this.
1: Yeah, even though she saw two little girls standing at the foot of the bed that she was sleeping in.
0: He said, get deep behind me, Satan. She's had several said.
1: experiences and she's still like, yeah, I'm not messing with that.
0: No, no, not going to do that. So what we're talking about in the first part of this episode is, of course, the Marshall House. The Marshall House of Savannah, Georgia, which can be located on Broughton, which is a probably the main thoroughfare. If you're not talking about River Street or Bay Street, where they have a well, they used to have a lot of shops. I don't know; some of them have been closing down here recently, but they still do have quite a few things there that you can see. Definitely recommend that you walk down Broughton if you do come visit Savannah, because they have some interesting stuff there, like Leopold's ice cream. Right?
1: Yeah, Leopold's is. Like, really famous. It was, uh, if you saw SpongeBob SquarePants, you'd see them flying down the road and you can see it in the background. Yeah.
0: The movie, the first yeah, SpongeBob the movie. movie actually had. Uh... No,
1: it was the second one. It was Sponge Out of Water or whatever. Oh, it was? Yeah. We didn't see that one. We just watched the parts where you could see Tybee and Savannah. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah and I love SpongeBob. Was... And I just, I still haven't seen it. No, the we second haven't one. seen
1: it. We just saw the first one. But
0: like I said, you'll find the Marshall House on Broughton Street, which is right in the middle of the historic district. It's a very distinctive brick building. has some green shutters, right? It does. And the name Marshall House is proudly emblazoned across the top. It is really hard to miss.
1: It is very hard to miss.
0: And almost every Haunted Ghost tour you go on in Savannah, especially the pub crawls, you're going to end up walking by it and they're going to stop you in front of it. And they're going to tell you a lot of stories about the building, right?
1: Yeah. Every tour we've been on stops there.
0: Yeah. When you see it, you're... You, you'll immediately think, this place looks like it's definitely old, and it's most certainly got something going on in there, paranormal-related, or somebody got shot in there, or both, right? Uh,
1: I doubt any. Well, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, we ain't got there yet. I, I don't know. I don't think anyone got shot in there. So, the first thing you notice when you walk in is how this place is just, it just feels like it's loaded with history. I mean, you walk in the front door... You see the staircase right in front of you that leads up to the upper floors, the little it's library. Classy, it's classy, that's what I'd say. Classy. It's classy. To your left, you see their little library area where they have a trivia night, which unfortunately we missed on our trip there if we ever stay again. And I'm not sure that I want to once we get to the point where we tell you about what actually happened to us in this hotel, which we'll get I'd to. I'd stay there later. again.
1: I just wouldn't want to stay two nights in a row because the first night you don't sleep well. So the second one, I doubt you would either. And I need Ooh. to sleep the second night. At I least. don't
0: know if what happened to us on this trip, if it happened more than one night in a row, I wouldn't be there anyway. I don't know that I want to go back, but we're going to do it again. Of course, we're <laughs> going to do it again because we make that commitment to you. I'm going to terrify myself for no good reason <laughs> so that our for listeners entertainment. <laughs> can be entertained. When we walked in, um, there's a painting behind the desk where you check in and it's an old painting of mary marshall who is the founder of the marshall house inn right
1: yeah it definitely looks looks scary
0: yeah well when you see the painting over the desk it the first thing that popped in my mind that it was like a scooby-doo type thing you know it's got the thing looking down at you and you're just waiting for the eyes to follow you you know the pop the little eye holes out and then it's going to be watching you as you walk up to the desk right
1: did it did you did you inspect this
0: I did not because I was scared of it. <laughs> it was really, I'm not going to say it. You know what I'm going to say?
1: It was creepy.
0: Yeah, I say that at least 20 <laughs> times on the video if you go watch it on YouTube. So we you walked, need a new uh, adjective. I do. I do it,
1: Adverb, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Adjective.
0: <laughs> it ends in a Y, not an L-Y, right? Yeah, so it's
1: an adjective.
0: Okay. Well, we walked up. There was a nice lady behind the desk. I did not catch her name, unfortunately, but she was very good. She checked us in. And I confirmed with her that we we're good to go and that I had actually locked down room 414, which is supposed to be the most haunted room in the haunted hotel. There are other haunted rooms in this hotel, but that's supposed to be the one with the most activity.
1: I believe that's true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and from all of my research on the Marshall House, you know, that's where the conclusion I drew is that that's the one that we wanted to try to stay in. And being the ghost hunters that we have become, I asked the lady behind the desk if she had any weird experiences here. And I had just figured that if you had spent any kind of time working in one of these places, you're either one of two camps. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Here's my story.
1: Yeah, it's always that way.
0: Or, or oh, nothing's happened.
1: Nothing. Or like, I don't yeah. believe
0: in it. I don't believe in anything. And they'll Look, Knock on wood. Yes. You know, yeah, that's what they happening. do. Like, so I asked her about that. And she did have a story, right?
1: Yeah, she had a little story.
0: Yeah. She told us that for whatever reason, one day she had taken a blanket. I think she said it was a blanket, right? Yeah, a blanket. Taken a blanket from the end to her house. I don't know if maybe it was just for convenience sake. I know sometimes you take some of the stuff you do home to like launder it and things of that well, nature. Well,
1: it was probably just something they were getting rid of.
0: Yeah. Or sometimes stuff gets worn out and mm-hmm. they they because they, they have to keep this stuff up. You can't just keep using the same sheets if they get frayed or stained and they do have to dispose of it And imagine it's still it's high quality stuff everything in the hotel is very nice have these nice robes right
1: oh yeah i love the robes
0: yeah the the robes are very nice so she took the blanket from the end to her home and when she walked in the door her dog greeted her with a complete freak out she said that he barked and growled and acted unnatural because apparently that's not the normal temperament of her dog to have that kind of uh reaction to anything let alone her coming into the house
1: but she, she was the dog was barking at something behind or not at her
0: yeah that's what she said she said no he wasn't focusing at me it's like he was looking at somebody standing behind me something was really driving him crazy so she took the blanket she she told us she's like i don't know if maybe i took something home when i took <laughs> something there and took more than just the blanket you know what i mean so she threw the blanket on the floor and she said the dog went crazy and just attack that blanket like it was something it wanted to kill, right?
1: Yeah, so then she puts the blanket in the closet and it stays there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She's not using that blanket. And and I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe articles, uh, things coming from this place, if there is such a thing as paranormal energy... Perhaps it attaches to things.
1: Well, we brought home a water bottle. So
0: I didn't mean to. <laughs> I you was, took the complimentary water that we paid saying for. That I'm not taking anything out of this place, not even shampoo bottles. And I thought we threw those away after we drank them.
1: No, we still had one in my backpack. Oh, that's
0: great. We brought it in the house. Mm-hmm,
1: it's in the house right oh, now.
0: Oh, that's amazing. We might have to pause this episode real quick so I can <laughs> walk to the bedroom. So maybe she had brought something home with her and the dog could sense it. You think usually, yeah,
1: animals are really sensitive to spirits, I think.
0: Ours are usually sensitive to the F-O-O-D word, which I'm not going to say currently because yeah, they know like eight words laying under our feet. And if they- you
1: say any of those words, you're going to get a reaction.
0: Yes, she has keywords. Yeah, and keywords. any one of those given keywords, she pops her head up. And especially that one, because that's her favorite,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right behind the W word, yeah. which we will not go into. <laughs> She's
1: also, she can kind of spell sometimes, like if we start spelling out something, sometimes she's picking up on it because she knows. She's
0: got lab in her. She's smart. Yeah, she's super smart. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, I didn't take anything from the end intentionally. Um, I literally did not mean to bring home anything. I left the shampoo bottles and everything. And then Crystal tells me that we have a haunted water bottle in our bedroom. Right now. Right now. But
1: nothing happened.
0: Yeah. I didn't want to bring anything home after hearing (laughs) her story. So, But we're going to get into what happened to us in just a little bit because something did happen to both of us, right? It did. Yeah. And it was at separate times during the night. Several things, actually. Yes, it, it was it pretty
1: much ongoing.
0: But first, I'd like to give you a little bit of history about the Marshall House itself. And I got a lot of this information from the Marshall House's official website, which is www.marshallhouse.com. The building itself was constructed in 1851 by businesswoman, Mary Marshall, which you may remember from the scary portrait over the table, right?
1: Go businesswomen in the 1800s. Yeah,
0: more power to you. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have crossed her. Uh, she and her estate collected rents from the Marshall House until 1914. Mary Marshall was a prominent figure through much of Savannah's turbulent history, She was born during the last year of the Revolution and died at the age of 93 during the last days of Reconstruction in the South.
1: Wow, that's a long life.
0: She did live a long time. And at her death in 1877, she was considered very successful in Savannah's financial and social circles.
1: Yeah, she definitely looked important in that painting.
0: Yeah, the painting was, it was all about, I mean, what? she was flossing. Is that the right word? Is that what the kids say in these days? She's flossing. Flossing? I don't know.
1: I don't know what that means. That's
0: probably not what I think it means. I thought
1: that was a dance. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) All right. So anyways, uh, the Marshall House. Text one of our kids real quick. Yeah. The Marshall House has had a storied history and has stood through some of the most notable events in Savannah's Timeline,
1: That there were some fires.
0: (laughs) What what would make you think that? (laughs) Including yellow fever epidemics in the mid-1800s, and it also served as a union hospital during the final months of the Civil War. And I don't know if that might have something to do with what happened to us. I think it might have had something to do with what happened to me. Because of, you know, what happened. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll address that in just a minute. So in 1851, she opened the Marshall House on Broughton Street, and it was in the premier shopping district at the time. Another interesting thing that happened was in 1857, Ralph Meldrum, the proprietor of the Marshall House, erected an iron veranda. Veranda. Veranda in front of the property, 120 feet in length and 12 feet wide and high. It became one of the signature features of the Marshall House.
1: Yeah, I wanted to go out there and sip a mint julep, but we couldn't figure out how to get out there.
0: Well, there's two problems with that. I don't <laughs> think you can get out there, and two, you don't like mint.
1: Exactly, but that's what you do in the South.
0: Yeah. So if you have a
1: veranda. But they have
0: rocking chairs and I know. They tables. There was, yeah, and it didn't look like there was any access to it. I think it's yeah. just for looks. It must now. just be
1: for looks because we could not find a door, and we looked from the outside, and it didn't look like there were any access points. So
0: yeah. So
1: We had to settle for the library and the 45 Bistro Bar.
0: And it wasn't bad. We definitely had a really good dirty gin martini, right? Yep. It was nice. From 1864 to 1865, the hotel was occupied by Union troops led by General William Tecumseh Sherman. The building was used as a Union hospital for wounded soldiers until the end of the Civil War.
1: But it was a fun place to be.
0: I doubt it. And I think they let us know about that. Yeah. You know? And then in 1895, the hotel closed. But it wasn't done yet. In 1899, the hotel reopened as the Marshall House and features electric lights and hot and cold baths on every floor. Now, that's some selling features back then, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of essential now, but.
0: Yeah. All right. And in 1933, Herbert Gilbert, a prominent hotel and real estate man from Jacksonville, leases the building and changes the name to the Gilbert Hotel.
1: It's not as catchy it as the Marshall I It is not Halls.
0: as catchy. I, I, I would have just kept the name. I don't know why he didn't, but he apparently didn't keep it for a terrible amount of time because in 1941, he sold the hotel and eight stores. The property at that point is now steam heated and featured a lobby, a dining room, a living room, a reading room, 66 guest rooms, one suite, an apartment, six storage rooms, and a partridge in an a pear, pear tree. tree. <laughs> so, there's 19- a lot going on. There's in there a lot going on there. And then, five years later, in 1946, the Marshall House reopens with a complete renovation.
1: Seems like they renovate a lot. Yeah, but in
0: 1957, the 106 year old Marshall House closes. Do you know why it closed? Oh, no. It closed because extensive alterations to put the hotel. And full compliance with state fire laws were not possible on a short-term lease.
1: Oh, the government stepping in.
0: Once again, they stepping in and shutting down. You <laughs> I mean,
1: know. come on. Fires. It's not yeah. like we, that's a problem I mean, around they, here. They clearly
0: <laughs> had safety signs. I mean, you saw that I one of the artifact it. thing that said don't, s- smoke, don't smoke in bed. bed.
1: That's your number one cause of fires here. Just
0: in bed. I mean, you can smoke <laughs> everywhere else you want. Just don't do it in bed. It's against the law. Yeah, it's against the law. Well, it's actually not against the law. It's that's against the it law said. to burn the place down while you're sleeping in bed.
1: No, it said smoking in bed and starting a fire is against the law. So, yeah, there was a law against that.
0: Well, that was very forward thinking of them, I guess. So, in but we're going to fast forward a little bit here because this is going to bring it up to where we're at now. In 1998, renovations to the Marshall House began once again. And in 1999, the Marshall House, having been fully restored and renovated, reopens to the public as Savannah's oldest hotel. One notable occupant that lived at the Marshall House at one time was author Joel Chandler Harris, who you may not know by name, but you may know from his infamous Uncle Remus stories, like Br'er Rabbit.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that from being a kid. Song of the South. Yeah.
0: It's a movie you're never going to see again.
1: Yeah. Well, you can get it if you know the right place to go. Well, they used
0: to sell them here in Savannah. They do. And now it makes sense to know why they do, (laughs) since apparently he was a resident in Savannah at one time.
1: I know a place.
0: So, like I said, in 1999, the Marshall House was extensively restored and became the hotel that people now know today. They had went to great effort to ensure the hallmarks of the historic hotel were preserved or recreated, including the Philadelphia pressed brick on the facade and the Savannah gray brick throughout.
1: Found that everywhere, it seems.
0: Yeah, it's apparently a big deal in Savannah, you know, and we talked about on an earlier episode Savannah Grey Brick as I said before we we got to do a story on that place because it's it's a pretty interesting thing in and of itself Yeah They have original staircases although some aspects of these have been replicated original wood floors fireplaces brick walls doors to each guest room are supposedly original and several clawfoot tubs that date back to 1880
1: we actually had one in our room.
0: Yes, and I do not understand how anybody under the height of five foot four can operate one of those because I even had trouble stepping in and out of that thing, and I'm five ten ish.
1: I didn't have any trouble, but I think an older person would definitely have trouble getting in and out. I don't
0: know. I almost fell down like twice, <laughs> but it might have been somebody pushing me, so I don't know. The veranda and gas lights were reproduced in the likeness of the original features. I
1: love the gas lighting.
0: Yeah. The courtyard atrium, which is where we ate breakfast, I believe, was encased with a glass ceiling to give a sense of the area's previous use as a courtyard. And I could see that.
1: Yeah. Look like it used to be outdoors.
0: Artifacts were found during the restoration are today encased in display cabinets on the second and third floor, which you can see some of these in our video because we found those Yeah, we stumbled accident. upon
1: them and it was pretty cool. My favorite was the Budweiser can because yeah. you knew they were going <laughs> to You know these
0: boys going to drink. Come on <laughs> now. Savannah. It's the South. Come on, good old boys. Crack open the cold and get down here and talk <laughs> about it. So now we're going to get to the part where we talk about why and how it's haunted. Yay. First, I want to tell you about the stories that I have found, and then we'll tell you about the stories we've experienced. So, it's well known in this area that this hotel has a very haunted history. They have a large reputation for quite a bit of different paranormal things to have happened. And the fact that it was a hospital during the Civil War and through two yellow fever epidemics makes it very conducive to haunted tales.
1: Yeah, so you get... So uh, so you got soldiers and you got children. Creepy.
0: Yes. And they're all creepy. You know, you made me say it. (laughs) Sorry. Take any of the local ghost stores and you'll hear plenty of stories. Um, Rumors and reports include guests seeing ghosts in the hallways and foyers, hearing children running down the long, narrow halls late at night, which those halls look just like the shining to me. What'd you think? (laughs) The carpet wasn't the same, but I had that whole feel as we we got lost in the hotel. Yeah, you could get lost in there. Even though it's not really even a maze, something about it just makes it hard to get your bearings. I don't know. Everything
1: looks the same.
0: Yeah. Supposedly, faucets will turn on and off by themselves, and there'll be flickering lights. Toilets will suddenly overflow for no obvious reason, and the thing that... I would consider the creepiest until what actually happened to us was disembodied voices echoing in the hallways at night, of course. On the fourth floor, you can supposedly hear loud noises in the wee hours of the morning, sounds of heavy objects crashing to the ground. And of course, when you investigate, there's nothing there. You'll hear the sound of doorknobs being jiggled in your room as if somebody is trying to forcefully enter it. And I actually got this particular account here from GhostCityTours.com, a local tour company that we recommend if you want to get a tour in the Savannah area. And I'll read that for you right now. One guest recalled a room to be wary of: three hundred six. The loud hall noises in the middle of the night happened on the fourth floor where we just happened to be staying. I've lived in many haunted houses, but Marshall House creeped me out completely. I loved it there, but I could not rest. Yes, it is old and noisy, but there's way more going on there than meets the eye. I know others have experienced things, too. There is also a ghostly cat, but I never saw it myself. There happened to be another hotel guest who said she did. But what else can you really expect from a city built on top of dead bodies?
1: Yeah, I didn't know there was a cat ghost. I wanted to see that.
0: I didn't either. This is the first I've seen of that. It is. And I wrote this script. And you wrote the script. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember doing this. So
1: maybe someone just brought their cat.
0: Yeah, they could have. And then, you know, cats just creep along. Yeah. They're basically ghosts anyway. Yeah. You know, so uh, one of the interesting objects they have in the hotel lobby is the oil painting that we discussed. And it was made in 1830 by Peter Lawrence. It depicts Mary Marshall. Looking
1: very austere yes, and important. Yes,
0: austere and severe. Right, important. I bet she's probably had a golden necklace that said austere on one side, <laughs> and severe on the other, she and she probably, probably had a love and hate tattooed on her <laughs> knuckles. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, one day a girl that was staying with her family at the Marshall House told her parents that she had seen the woman in the painting in a hallway. Nope. No, you, <laughs> if, if you'd have seen this woman, she's not yeah, somebody that's going to be randomly walking hallway. Yeah. Uh, another thing people have claimed to hear is the sound of a typewriter being banged away from the room Joel Chandler Harris resided in. You know, the uh, Uncle Remus author. I do. Yeah. Just like the old pink house, there's a ghost that haunts the ladies restroom and will pull the old lock the stall trick.
1: Well, I didn't use the bathrooms that were common or whatever. I only used the one in our bathroom, in our room. I did. Where was it? I didn't even know there was one.
0: If you're standing at the desk, you walk to the left and walk to the right and walk to the left.
1: Oh, well, I didn't do all that.
0: Well, that's a lot of walking. And a The lot one of in walks.
1: our bedroom didn't even lock, so there was no way for them to lock me in. Yeah, up.
0: they didn't lock doors back in the 1800s. What <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? There was no such thing as privacy. No. Other apparitions that have been seen are a lady in white flowing down the hallway. And I don't know, maybe that's Mary. What do you think?
1: She wasn't dressed in white in that picture. She was dressed in like brown, drab, gray, black stuff.
0: Well, maybe when you turn into a ghost, you turn all white. Maybe. Like a ghost. And another thing you can see would be a gentleman reading a book by the window. And that brings us to what I think, at least I did think before it actually happened to me, what would be the most terrifying kind of ghost, and that would be children. Is there anything scarier than the concept of ghost children? I don't think so. Of course not. I can't believe we didn't see kids just like in The Shining standing in one of those hallways. I knew when you were doing the EVPs and walking off. By I was yourself, waiting for the
1: big wheel to come around I was the corner. Come
0: around. I was going to be a ice over now. the big wheel was the real kid, and then yeah, the ghosts were in the would, hall.
1: Yeah, but he was creepy too.
0: Oh yeah, he was sort of <laughs> creepy as a kid. So
1: he turned but, into Doctor Sleep. Yeah, if you read the sequel.
0: I didn't, but I did see the movie, and it's almost as good, right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. There are a lot of wooden floors in the building. Like in our room, you could tell it was a pretty old wooden floor. It was very cool. And that lends it to be a relatively noisy environment.
1: Yeah, and one place you could step near the elevator, it sounded like a duck.
0: It, well, yeah, Remember? it, it actually like- sounded like it could be like mistaken for a ghost. I almost should have just done the EVP and just started <laughs> stepping on it and make it like it's answering me. How long have you lived here? <laughs> you know, oh, I'm creeping the dogs out by doing yeah, that. That's she's awesome. like, "What is wrong with you?" There have been many sightings of ghostly children on the property. You can supposedly hear the sounds of them playing in the halls at night. Old games, not like they do now, such as marbles and rubber balls being bounced around. And then what about you,
1: jacks? Did they have jacks back then?
0: I would assume that's what the rubber balls involved with.
1: Mm.
0: I don't well, know. You could just
1: be like, I'm sure they had bouncy balls too.
0: Never played jacks before. I'm not even how it works
1: bounce so. the ball and pick up jacks Yeah, while go- the ball's in the air and then you catch the ball.
0: Then you slam your door open, jump out and say, aha, I got you. And there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't
1: hear any children or see any children, not even live children.
0: No, I didn't. Well, no, I saw a teenager.
1: Well, I don't consider that a child. Yeah. I saw only adults.
0: Okay. Also the fact that this place was a hospital for the union army during the civil war means that there was a lot of suffering that happened on the premises And I'm sure there have been many wounded soldiers who lost an arm or a leg or both arms or both legs.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was quite gruesome. Not to
0: mention that I'm sure plenty probably died since it was a hospital, you know, and medical care then consisted of what? Here, bite down on this uh, leather strap.
1: After you drink this bottle of rum, bite down on this leather strap. Yeah, yeah, we're we're just just going to saw your arm arm off. off.
0: Yeah. And uh, when they renovated the hotel, they supposedly unearthed the bones from the soldiers and all of that was cleared out. But just because those things may be gone, assuming they actually did find these things, I don't know if that's true, but that's the story I've heard, doesn't mean that if there was spiritual energy there that it went away, right?
1: No, well, that energy's still there.
0: Oh Well, yeah, of course <laughs> it is. Um There have been reports of amputeed soldiers walking on the property, usually appearing in a state of despair. And I wonder if anyone, you know, I was thinking, does anyone ever just like, you know, dress up as a Civil War soldier and sneak in to the hotel, just like wander the hallways at night? Be like on the second floor and you're walking down to the ice machine and you're like, oh, (laughs) General Tecumseh.
1: I'm going to dress up as Mary and just walk through the hallway.
0: Good to see you. Tecumseh. How are you doing, sir? (laughs) I'd probably get beat up if I did that, but it would be sort of funny. You know, we'd have to video it. i video it. it. Yeah. Oh, no. There's a video. Live video of ghost getting beat down. <laughs> you know, of course, if I did do that with my luck, I'd probably just make the spirits angry too. And then they'd drag me in the basement and bury me, you know.
1: Then you could be another ghost.
0: That wouldn't be no fun. You know? Another report that we've seen is that someone has uh, seen one of these soldiers in the lobby holding his severed arm and begging for help to find a surgeon yikes that would be pretty messed up maybe that was that guy we saw in the painting down there
1: yeah over the fireplace
0: yeah over the fireplace. you thought it was george washington (laughs) no or james oglethorpe
1: oh no that's not the one i'm talking about i'm talking about the one that was above the fireplace
0: okay now here's something that i pulled off of their site and this is not something i wrote but this is talking about the room that we actually stayed in
1: from GhostCityTours.com.
0: Some guests have even made complaints of an awful odor, what seemed to smell like rotting flesh. One source gave this account. When they were first renovating the hotel and opening it in 1999, three rooms had foul smells and bad vibes so overpowering the staff and workers could not stay in them long enough to get anything done. Those rooms were 214, 314, and 414.
1: Remember that one?
0: 414 being the worst, and I think it's still very active today. They tried every deodorizer they could get a hold of, and nothing worked. Finally, they had prayer and blessing in these rooms, and the smell and vibes relented, only with 414 still having a persisting odor and vibe. Staff is said to play gospel music in that room when they are cleaning it because that is the only thing that keeps the vibes and odor at bay. At the site of the old operating room, guests have seen doctors treating soldiers who have been recently brought in from the battlefield. Some have made claims that they have felt a presence holding onto their wrist, as a nurse would do to feel for someone's pulse. Keep
1: that in mind.
0: Another guest described seeing a shadowy man dressed like a Civil War soldier with him was a small boy who shouted at her, get out of my room, (laughs) understandably in fright. She grabbed her suitcase, leaving just as quickly as she arrived.
1: Yeah, so I didn't know that about the smell of room 414. That's where we were. And luckily, it smelled just fine to me.
0: Yeah, I did not I notice. I did not smell anything. I would almost rather that have been the thing that happened to us rather than what actually happened. <laughs> so I read through several TripAdvisor reviews, and there are quite a few reviews mentioning unexplained sounds in in, in that room, you know, room 414. mm mm-hmm. Now that we've told you about the others' experiences, I think we should finally tell you about what happened to us. So we went out to dinner at Moon River Brewing to get into the spirit for the night. And it was a very brisk one for us. It was about 45 degrees, wasn't it?
1: Yep. That's uh, at least 30 more, 30 less than it should be. For 30 me. less than it should be. It should <laughs> always
0: be 85 degrees and 100% humid for you, right? Yes. We were seated in the restaurant beside the bar. I was facing the stairway that would take you to the upper floors of the building. After we ordered our drinks and decided what we wanted to eat, I waited for our server to come back because, of course, I'm going to use this opportunity in order to see if he had had any experiences. Because I'm asking everybody that now. It's getting a little weird, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And sure enough, he did. And I have a recording of his story, which I will play for you a little bit later in this episode. Then we came back to the Marshall House to prepare for our experience. I brought along our infrared web camera and the Zoom recorder to try to capture some EVPs. I initially didn't think I caught anything, but there's one that I am going to play for you when I get to it in the story. And we'll see what you guys think, see if maybe you hear something, because I think I did. I just missed it the first listen through because it sounded far more ominous than any of the other ones that we've got, right?
1: Yeah, but I'm just sad that the infrared camera didn't work because it would have been really interesting to see what, what was going on in that room.
0: Yeah, and you can watch our video on YouTube where we did a walkthrough of the building attempting to record some EVPs and also to show you the layout of the building. Uh, you, please check it out. It's a pretty neat place. to. You need to see it to really feel the whole vibe, vibe. that place <laughs> has, right?
1: Yeah, it has a vibe.
0: I also couldn't get the infrared camera to work, as she said, because it had to connect through Wi-Fi. And for the life of me, I couldn't get it to work, even though I had the Wi-Fi password from the end. And technology for me is a wonderful thing. (laughs) I really wish I could have gotten it working, though, because of what happened to both of us during the night. Suffice it to say, neither of us got much sleep there. I actually initially fell asleep around 10 p.m., I think in part because of the excellent dirty gin martini the bartender made for me in the bar on the first floor at the 45 Bistro.
1: He made one for me too, but I didn't fall asleep.
0: You never fall asleep. <laughs> Nothing can make you fall asleep. You're an insomniac.
1: Well, if the dog lays on me, it puts me to sleep.
0: Yeah, sometimes. So I was out. And Crystal stayed up by herself playing Candy Crush. Which
1: I never do, but I wanted to go to sleep. And that's one of the things that kind of helps put me to sleep.
0: I can tell when she gets back into Candy Crush phases because then she buys those little packs online that you can get, whatever it's called, you know, that lets you keep throwing candy at Martians or whatever you do in that game.
1: Oh, you're breaking candy or something.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense. Crushing it. That makes it a lot less cool was. in my mind. There should be Martians involved. So we left the TV on because I'm just naturally scared. And I think that it didn't bother her too much either that it was on.
1: Because yeah, I usually leave it on.
0: Yeah, because we don't know. We didn't know what to expect. And that's when things started happening. At 3 a.m., I woke up. And that's one of many times that night because I did not sleep well the whole night. And I laid my left arm across the bed because I was sleeping on the left side of the bed and Crystal was on the right. And my arm stretched out and it was hanging off the edge. As our listeners know, I did violate one of my rules. That would be rule number two for avoiding ghosts. I didn't have myself completely under the covers. The reason for that is I had turned the thermostat up to 77 degrees Fahrenheit because we were cold. (laughs) And it got so hot by the time we got back in there, but I was too scared to get out of bed. And go and adjust the thermostat. So it was super hot. I'm laying with my arm outside of the covers. And just a few moments later, I felt something or someone grab my arm just above the wrist. And it felt like it was pulling my arm. Like it was trying to get better access to my wrist or just to try to like shift me on the bed towards the edge of the bed. It's like, come over here. Yeah. And do you remember when we talked about the nurses taking people's pulses in this I hotel? do. Maybe it was a nurse trying
1: mm-hmm. to check your pulse. Yeah, and the Make thing sure is, you're alive.
0: I had not read that story before we stayed here, so I didn't know that something that had happened. So, I didn't piece that together until I was writing the script, and I said, oh, there's nurses, and it felt like, you know, thinking along those lines... It feels like what it might feel like if, say, a nurse is grabbing your arm and just trying to, you know, pull your arm out and get it in the right position. Well, you wouldn't
1: know because you never let nurses touch you.
0: No, I, I hate. Uh, he hates being, having his
1: pulse taken or his um, oh, blood yeah. pressure taken.
0: blood pressure is the worst. I've had several surgeries, and I would much rather people like cut stuff off of me yeah. than have my blood pressure taken that's why i don't go to the optometrist yeah,
1: for some reason at the eye doctor they like to take your blood pressure and he like avoids it at all costs yeah
0: and every time i go to a doctor i'm always worried that they're going to say something awful i mean you think of all the places you go you go to the eye doctor and they're not going to scare you but we sit down there and the eye doctor looks <laughs> at me and so she's like you're gonna go blind <laughs> i said well that really lifted up my day i have never felt anything like that before I got pretty scared and you better believe that I followed my own rules and I got back under well, those rule number covers. One. Rule number one is don't turn the lights off.
1: But we do sleep with the lights off.
0: I know. Only with you though. Oh. <laughs> but if I had left the lights on, I don't think any would Well, you're not sleeping happened. with the
1: lights on. Yeah.
0: I managed to get back to sleep after half-heartedly convincing myself that I had imagined the whole thing at around 5.30 a.m. I was woken up by Crystal. She was up against me and had her arm over my waist. She was panicking and thrashing, and it really sounded like she was hyperventilating. I assumed that she was having a bad dream and tried to shake her a few times to wake her up and ask her what was wrong. Eventually, she was able to speak, and why don't you tell everybody what happened to you?
1: Well, the first thing was we did leave the TV on, and we had both woken up at one point, and... Forensic files was on as usual
0: <laughs>
1: and then um I was like drifting off to sleep and kind of awake and then the TV was off and so I assumed that you turned the TV off I never so I didn't turned say anything the at off. the moment I know so That's I a didn't small say anything of
0: rule number one oh, okay it emits light
1: <laughs> so I didn't I just assumed you turned it off so I just rolled over towards you I was laying there and then all of a sudden I was like mostly face down with my arm over you and all of a sudden it was like this huge force came over me and it was like holding me down and I was like paralyzed. I couldn't move at all. I couldn't speak. I couldn't do anything. And I'm like in my head, I'm screaming, trying to wake you up. I'm trying to move my arm to wake you up and yeah. I can't. And I can hear you talking to me. You're trying to talk and get me to say something, but I could yeah. not respond I was saying, are you
0: okay? Are you okay? And I am shaking. Yeah, like anything? I
1: could hear you when you woke up. But I could not move for a while. And even after it was like, it was hard for me to respond once I finally like it slowly lifted away and I could start to move. It felt like drowning would feel, it feels like I was just like so much pressure. Wow. It was so scary. So. that And I don't think it's like sleep paralysis or anything that people describe because I've never experienced anything like that in my whole life. And like, I hardly ever even have bad dreams or nightmares or anything like that. Yeah. And I definitely don't think I've ever even woken you up before.
0: I don't remember if you have and it's been a while.
1: Yeah, I don't ever remember waking you up for being scared.
0: Yeah, so we we talked about it. She told me what she experienced and I thought, well, now would be a good time to pull out that Zoom H6 and try to do an EVP to see if whatever it was would try to communicate with us. And I'm going to play that clip for you right now of what we actually picked up.
1: What is your name? How long have you been here?
0: Okay, so to me, that sounds like either a deep breath. Deep breath
1: or a wind or something. Or something growling. Yeah, there's nothing, no air moving in the room. There's no
0: air moving. And yes, I did have the recorder and we're breathing, but I wasn't anywhere near the microphone. And that was a very low frequency sound that I didn't even pick up on the initial listen through and it it could be construed as growling. Maybe it was a breath. I don't know.
1: Maybe he was exasperated by me. I don't
0: know. (laughs) I Um, tried to
1: kill you. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh,
0: After I did the recording, I put the recorder back on the nightstand after I, uh, of course, managed to knock the phone off the hook and somehow simultaneously call the front desk. <laughs> you
1: did. I was like, what in the, the world speaker, are you doing? Not even through the handset. Yeah, it was somehow like the speaker phone speaker was on. Call. It was numbers. I'm yeah. like, what is going on?
0: At least I think I'm the one that did that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and then I asked him if he turned the TV off and he said no. So I didn't turn it off. He didn't turn it off. And it's not one that turns itself off because, you know, some of them do that. But it had been on for hours and hours, like the entire day and all night.
0: And I hadn't even realized it at that point. But then when she asked me that, I was like, why did you turn the TV off?
1: I was like, I didn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. After that happened, we rolled back over and we were facing the wall of the room that has the door for entry on it. As I'm laying there and it's dark because there's no lights on, I didn't turn anything on. The TV's off.
1: Yeah. For some reason, we didn't even turn the TV yeah. back on. we, well, we were, were just both like, pretty yeah.
0: exhausted. Yeah. And we both had had martinis. So, <laughs> that had long since worn but off. But we only had one martini each. So, yeah. it wasn't alcohol doing this. No. Uh, we were not intoxicated. In the corner of the room, right beside the door, is a large armor. And if you watch the video we posted on YouTube, you'll see this armor. And the first thing we say when we video is, Crystal's like, oh, it's definitely haunted. Definitely. So it turns out it is. And after a few minutes of laying there, I noticed what appeared to be a large, shadowy figure standing at the corner of the wall in the armor. It was just sort of, sta- it wasn't moving. It was there. It was extremely tall. It was as tall as the armor, And it was solid black except there were features on it that were white but it when I say white I don't mean like uh, theatrical makeup it's like if there was a say a, a cloak on a coat hanger in a dark room by a window where a street light out in the distance is shining in and you can just sort of catch some highlights from that on the cloak yeah. for example that's sort of what it was so I was trying to decide is that something hanging there did we leave something there but then I then I I didn't say anything. I just raised my head up to look at it and I was trying to focus on it. And then Crystal was like, do you see that? Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, it's like I had my eyes closed and somehow I saw a shadow move yeah. over there in that direction. And then I saw it.
0: You know, all of a sudden it moves away and then it just vanishes. That doesn't happen in real life, no. but it happened to us.
1: So we really didn't get much sleep that night no, and like I looked really like haggard at breakfast, I think. so nah, the woman you look, was you always look great. The woman was like concerned when I told her about it yeah the lady. That so made we did breakfast. Uh,
0: we didn't have any more paranormal experiences there. so we were able to finally get back to sleep. We got up in the morning to go eat breakfast in the atrium area where they have the little dining area and it's it's pretty nice, little plaza looking thing. Mm-hmm. And our uh, waitress there was named Sheila. And we just asked her, said, hey, has anything ever happened in room 414? We didn't tell her what had happened at first. And she's like, no, why? And then Crystal told her about what happened to her. And she was like, oh, I've I've had an experience too. And, you know, she seats people in this restaurant.
1: Yeah, she said that uh, sometimes she'll be walking them to their table and there'll be three people. And she'll get three menus and three sets of silverware and They'll go to sit down and then there'll only be two. And she'll be like, where did your other friend go or whatever? And they're like, "Uh, there's only two of us. There and is like she no clearly, friend. Yeah, she clearly saw three people walking with her. Yeah. So that's weird.
0: Yeah. So that pretty much concluded our little trip there. And yeah,
1: I would stay there again, but I wouldn't stay two nights in a row because I got to get one night's sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of the dinner earlier that we had that night before our event, that brings us to the second subject of this episode, which is Moon River Brewing. Many people say this is the most haunted location in the city of Savannah. And I think those people <laughs> are the tour guides.
1: People say that about the, every single Well,
0: many thing. people. Many people. Many people. The tour guides.
1: <laughs> the many people.
0: Maybe the people that own Moon River Brewing. I, yeah, don't they, know. I don't know. But it does have a reputation as being an extremely haunted place like everything in Savannah does. So I'm gonna play a clip for you right now from Buzzfeed Unsolved, so check that out.
2: Moon River Brewing Company is said to be one of the most haunted institutions in Savannah. One of the bar's owners, Gene Biko said, quote, I have seen and experienced things that I don't understand and I can't explain, end quote. Though, the brewing company's other owner and brewmaster, John Pinkerton, has said, quote, I personally cannot claim any experiences that I call paranormal. What I often point out is that the scariest things on this planet are living people. I don't worry about the spirits of dead people. I worry about living people, and in particular, drunk living people, end quote. Regardless of which owner is right, there is plenty of history in this building that could contribute to a haunting.
0: So ever since Crystal and I started visiting Savannah before we moved here, Moon River was one of the first places we knew we had to go to, right?
1: Yeah, we heard that it was haunted, so we didn't know a whole lot about Savannah, and so we hit that up. Yeah,
0: and it's right on Bay Street, which is the next street over from the river. River Street river being street, yeah. their street by the river.
1: Yep. Bay Street Clever. is
0: the first section where they have all like Ruth's Chris and all the bars and other restaurants and things of that nature. So we went there and we've been there many times since because they do have good food and beer. They
1: do. And we've gone on ghost tours inside there several times.
0: Yeah. If you take one of those ghost tours, like a Haunted Pub Crawl tour, which we both recommend, it's usually a good time even if what they tell you might differ from each other. Sometimes it does. It's almost a certainty that this is where they're going to start your tour. And for good reason. One of my favorite reasons is the beer, of course. They've got an amazing porter, although we don't really drink as much beer as we used to. And we certainly don't drink porters. I can't anymore. They're so heavy. So heavy, so many carbs. Crystal also loved their sandwich, Christine's Favorite, which sadly. Is no longer I on I know, it was menu. so
1: sad. We went there the other night and they didn't have it anymore.
0: Basically Thanksgiving dinner on a sandwich, right?
1: Yes, it's so good. It's turkey and cranberry sauce and stuffing and like, it's so good.
0: Yeah, and their burgers are amazing too. I always get it blackened and uh, their beer garden outside also lets you bring pets apparently. And if it's good weather, you can go there and hang out before you go and hunt your ghosts. But most people like us go here for more than just the food and beer. They want to experience the paranormal. And by a lot of accounts, this is a great place to do it. To know why, we'll start with the history of the building. Moon River was built in 1821 by Eliza Early. And I probably butchered that because I do that a lot. Is that how you pronounce that?
1: I'd say Elazer.
0: Elazer. A Not <laughs> If you say it like that, it could be pronounced anyway and sound cool.
1: It's probably Eliza.
0: Yeah, Eliza or (laughs) a native of Charleston, South Carolina. An interesting fact, this was the first hotel in the city of Savannah and also holds the distinction of being the first branch of the United States Post Office in Savannah.
1: Cool. I'm glad they moved it, though.
0: Many notable people throughout history have stayed here in its hotel days, including the War of 1812 hero, Winfield Scott, the Marquis de Lafayette.
1: The Marquis?
0: Yeah, they say it like it's an Ohio State football player. The Marquis de Lafayette.
1: Lafayette has a square named after him.
0: Yeah. The first three Commodores of the United States Navy stayed there and naturalist James Audubon.
1: Oh, the bird guy.
0: The bird guy. He wrote that book. (laughs) He stayed at the hotel for about six months while he was attempting to sell books of his wildlife sketches. Cool. Cool. I think it worked out for him. It did. Yeah, in 1851, the city hotel was purchased by Peter Wiltberger. Is that name familiar to you?
1: It is. I've seen it in Bonaventure.
0: Yeah, the we Bonaventure a, a episode we talked about. Named after
1: him on um, in Bonaventure. Yeah,
0: he renovated it, and get this—this this is my favorite part that I just learned recently. Oh, he put a cool. live lion and lioness on display to draw attention. That is epic. How cool would it be if they did that again? I would love that. I hope they didn't have them chained and just, you know, let them roam around the hotel. You know, it was like, <laughs> Just oh, drinking beer with them? Oh, him. it's okay. That's just Chester. He ain't <laughs> going to eat much. Don't you worry about that at all. And it
1: Seems so, Savannah.
0: Maybe that's where some of the uh, ghost stories came from. It
1: might be. Because
0: I don't recall seeing any mangled ghosts bleeding out there, but maybe I was just oblivious. Which wouldn't be the first time, right? <laughs> no. At the turn of the century, the building was used for lumber and coal warehousing. Coal usage slowly died off. Then it morphed into a building for general storage. In the 1960s, the building was renovated as an office supply store and even had a large printing press in the facility. It's been a long time empty after this. And in 1995, it was renovated into its current configuration, a brew pub. They opened as Moon River Brewing on April 10th, 1999.
1: It's the year Kylie was born.
0: Yeah, and it was right before our anniversary, too. Our first one. Yeah. The hotel's final guest checked out in 1864, the previous version of the hotel, which was just before Sherman arrived. And I guess they probably timed that pretty well. Yeah.
1: Get out while you can.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little clip right here.
2: The hotel closed in 1864 at the onset of the Civil War, allegedly because the violence between the guests and the locals had reached a tipping point. Tour guides today actually warn guests to not taunt the ghosts too much as they may become violent.
0: So we learned our lesson about taunting ghosts at the Marshall House after our experience because, you know, we didn't know any better.
1: We didn't really taunt them. We just asked them questions.
0: Well, I promised you a story earlier in the episode of our when we were talking about the Marshall House, about our server, Bill, and his experience here in Moon River and i'm going to play that clip for you right now so bill let me ask you this you work here you ever had anything strange happen when you work in here oh yeah i've had my
2: apron pulled on a few times oh yeah this was at children's hospital during the yellow fever pandemic also i don't tell a lot of people but i got scratched twice since i've been here so. oh my goodness
1: where is? um up by the t-shirt podium about three years ago yeah i found the long white hair like this big and there's a legend of a lady with long white hair upstairs that people have gotten on camera Pushed it off, not nothing of it. I heard a whisper in my ear, and I felt something on my neck. And I had three scratch marks on the back my neck. Oh my goodness, and you kept working here? Yeah, I've been here
0: five years. <laughs> oh my goodness, you must not be phased by much then. Huh? Nah, they don't bother me. Nah. Oh, They're just trying to reach sure. out. That's all. <laughs> so, Crystal, what did you think of his experience?
1: Well, I totally believe him. He seemed like as soon as you asked him, he's like, "Oh yeah, I got a story."
0: I got a couple stories yeah. for you. So, what do you think you'd do if that had happened to and you?
1: Scratch it scratched me. I definitely would have like taken video and pictures and been like... Snapchat it, did yeah, TikTok. Yeah, it would have been all over.
0: Well, you almost know how to use that now. Yeah. I, think. I think we're up to a grand total of seven views on our Coffee and Layla videos, <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good about that.
1: <laughs> One of them's got several hundred.
0: Yeah. And speaking of leaving marks, we actually checked Crystal's back to see if there were any marks after her event at the Marshall House. And thankfully, there was nothing there. Yeah, well, it didn't
1: scratch me, so I didn't really expect to see anything, maybe a bruise if, if anything, because it was like weight, not scratching, yeah. so I'm glad, nothing.
0: So, so talking about this ghost lady that Bill had an experience with, there's another clip on a play for you from BuzzFeed Unsolved, and it talks about a very similar type apparition, so I'll play that now.
2: The restaurant area is said to be a place where servers report being touched or pushed by unseen figures, and bottle silverware have reportedly been seen being pushed off of tables by unknown forces. Startlingly, the apparition of a woman from the 1800s was spotted walking across the crowded bar. A bartender thought she was an actress or a reenactor about to order a drink. However, she disappeared in front of his eyes as she reached the bar. There were reportedly many other witnesses to this incident, and as she disappeared, it's reported a hush fell over the room. That same woman has also been seen on the top of the first floor stairs. She was spotted by a manager who reportedly asked her if he could help her, which startled her, and then she vanished.
0: So maybe that ghost that attacked or assaulted or whatever it was doing to Bill, maybe that's the one that people have been seeing on the restaurant floor, Yeah, it sounds like it
1: yeah and um, maybe you should leave her hair alone is what I'm thinking yeah
0: probably don't touch it if you see a long white strand of hair
1: yeah just let them sweep that up later <laughs> yeah.
0: so there are quite a few ghost stories centering around this place there's a lot of stories about a ghost that is kind of violent he's been known to push people on the stairs and generally make a nuisance of himself I'm going to play you another clip about him and this one also comes from
2: BuzzFeed Unsolved in 1832, one troubling incident of violence occurred with a belligerent lobby bar patron named James Stark. Stark was badmouthing the local doctor, Philip Minnies. The feud between the two had been said to be ongoing, and reports suggest Stark's verbal attack on Minnies included anti-Semitic barbs, as Minnies was Jewish. Stark also accused the doctor of being a coward, which reportedly set the doctor over the edge. Stark allegedly reached into his pocket and Minis reacted by drawing his gun and killing Stark first. Minis was charged with quote, justifiable homicide, end quote, as it was a quote, affair of honor, end quote. Stark was reportedly seen as a town troublemaker, and some have posited that Minnie's got off so easy because of Stark's unpopularity with the locals. Much of the ghost activity, including people being pushed inside the brewery, has since been attributed to Stark's vengeful ghost.
0: So this one is probably the one that almost all the tour guides tell you, because sometimes yeah. you'll get a tour guide and they might tell you different stories, but usually that particular story is the one that they'll focus on, and they, they will tell you that one usually.
1: Yeah, we heard that on several occasions.
0: Uh, and I wonder if that actually happened.
1: Probably. Uh, Sounds like it.
0: If so, I'm sure it could be a big source for the paranormal presence. People claim to fill in this building because definitely, that's uh definitely a weird kind of thing to just have going on in your hotel. <laughs> oh, I'm going to shoot you, sir. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know. Very diplomatic about it, though.
0: Several times the building was used as a hospital also. During the yellow fever epidemics, it was a hospital for children who had fallen ill. And that would definitely tie in with Bill saying he had had his apron tugged on.
1: Yeah, it could be a kid tugging.
0: We've actually been on a few tours that have taken us to the upper floors and they're unfinished. The story behind that is that they did try to renovate it a few times, but every time they did, the contractors would always get scared. Power tools would come to life, even though they were unplugged. People claim to be pushed off ladders. Wasn't there a story of like- Oh yeah, like there was
1: a woman that was bringing her husband lunch. He was working on the place and she was bringing him lunch and she was standing at the top of the stairs and something pushed her down the flight of stairs. So needless to say, they left and did not go back.
0: We're not going to finish this job is what they said. (laughs) There's actually a neat little poem that I found on uh, visitsavannah.com, which is one of the tourism places for the city. I found it on their YouTube. And I'm going to play a little part of that for you here. The upper floors are so haunted that renovations are never complete. Construction workers have found that working there is no easy feat. Perhaps these ghosts recall a time when a hospital was there, with so many sick and dying spirits clinging to the walls and hanging in the air. Whatever the cause, whatever the reason, the ghosts here are strong. And one thing is certain, the ghosts know that this is where they belong. So talking about the contractors and the upper uh, fours, uh, one time when we were on a tour there on the second floor, one of our friends could have sworn that a ghost had tapped him on the shoulder. And I thought I had gotten a good picture of a ghost. And we were real excited about it until we started looking at it. And we realized it was just, I think it was just a reflection in a window. I think it
1: was someone's cell phone reflection or something. I know,
0: but when we first saw it, yeah. wasn't it so cool? Because yeah. like, what is that yeah, looking, standing behind that? us? You we know, did like,
1: see lots of orbs and stuff like that in there. But yeah. I don't know how much I mean, stock you put in orbs. I don't
0: but- know that I put any stock in orbs. I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe they exist or that they might not be something. It's just, it's far more impressive to see pictures like they showed us at the Sorrel Weed oh, house yeah. where they actually had a person, person that looked like the girl from the ring standing yeah. between two people. And that picture was so scary that when the people that took it actually saw it, they started screaming and crying because mm-hmm. it was really a scary picture. One of
1: these days we're going to get a picture. Oh, if
0: we get that picture, we're done. <laughs> I'm changing the format of the podcast. <laughs> no, it's going to be
1: a podcast all about dogs.
0: Dogs and bass guitars. That's the two things we're going to talk about because neither one of which is going to scare me mm-hmm. at night. Well, the dogs might, but for a totally different reason.
1: They just start randomly barking. Yeah.
0: But talking about the scariness of this place, where you're really going to be feeling a presence, I think, is down in the basement of the of the building, right?
1: Did we go in the basement?
0: We've been in the basement That's before. We went on a tour with Spooky...
1: Spooky Steve. Spooky
0: Steve. That's yeah. another tour guide in Savannah. Yeah, Spooky Steve Check took us out. down there. And in the basement, we've been there actually a couple times. This is where one of the more terrifying spirits of the whole building is supposed to reside. I'm gonna play you one more clip here from BuzzFeed Unsolved that talks about this ghost.
2: There is one well-known ghost who they call Toby, who is often seen in the basement. Some have referred to him as a negative spirit, while current staff have characterized him as a young boy. A bartender has also seen a shadowy black figure emerge from the wall. In this spot, one local woman was attacked. (laughs) She recalls the incident saying that she was alone in the back room in the basement when she felt someone choking her and pushing her backward. One prominent paranormal investigator reported being momentarily possessed in this particular room. Could this dark figure be Toby? After hearing that
0: and being in the room, I wouldn't want to be there alone in the dark. That's for sure. No way. Although, I also wouldn't want to be alone in our house in the dark.
1: No, it's haunted.
0: And as a matter of fact, I can't think of anywhere where I'd like to be alone in the dark.
1: You're so brave.
0: I am. So to sum it up, if you're looking for ghosts or spirits, ha ha, the alcoholic kind, make sure you drop in to Moon River Brewing on your next trip into Savannah. And that's going to wrap up the portion of our episode where we're not talking about dogs. Yay. And that brings us to
1: Layla and Coffee Talk. So one thing they've learned is whenever we get suitcases out, put them on the bed and start putting stuff in them.
0: We're going to be leaving. Is
1: that we're leaving them.
0: And they do not no, like that. they get
1: really sad and they like follow you around and like I'll be putting on my makeup and they're sitting in the floor next to me just staring at me like, what are you doing?
0: They sense it. It's like that when we get ready to go somewhere, like if we're going to go out on the town. You know, we're both getting ready in the bathroom. and They don't like that, but they're okay with it. Yeah. But if they see the suitcase. Yeah, the
1: suitcase changes everything. Then, then they're they, stuck to they, you they like start glue. To
0: panic and they're like, all right, well, if they go somewhere, I'm going to attach myself to your leg, mommy, and we're going to walk <laughs> out the door.
1: Yeah, so we were only going for the one night and um, our son came over and stayed with them. So they were okay. Coffee even got to sleep out of her kennel because he didn't know we put her in a kennel at night. Yeah, so she got to sleep on he the bed. He was getting scammed <laughs> by kindergarten, wasn't he? Yeah, she had a big old time.
0: Yeah.
1: They're not going to be happy next week because we're about to go back to Vegas. And we're yeah. going to be gone for six nights. Yeah, and this so. episode's
0: going to be airing on Sunday. And we'll be leaving for Vegas just a few days after that.
1: Yeah, and they're not going to be happy when they see the big suitcases coming out.
0: They're going to be most unpleased.
1: <laughs> Layla will probably try to squeeze
0: into it. So you can find us on the web at and beyond. Dot com or www.scarysavannah.net you can find us on social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube and LinkedIn for some random reason if you look for the username at Scary Savannah or our YouTube page you do need to go to our website and click through to it I don't have that one with our username on it yet but I'm working on it and hopefully I'll be able to have that up soon make sure
1: you subscribe
0: yes go on your favorite podcast player go subscribe to us i recommend this new one that just came out called good pods and it's available on iphone and android i would recommend getting it because it's awesome you can rate and review you can also it's sort of like a social media site but for podcasts yeah it's kind of like a but it's Facebook. also a podcast player yeah. so you can download and it's not just our show I mean pretty much any podcast you listen to you can get it through that and it's a free app so I'd recommend getting that so speaking of dogs that brings us to one last little thing go go dogs, dogs. 2022 National Champions NCAA, for those of you that care anything about football.
1: Yeah, so. it was a really fun game. We watched it at Nicky's with a yeah, bunch of people.
0: Which is a bar here on Tybee, and we had a, we had a good time, and uh, it was a fun night. So I believe that just leaves us with one last little thing here.
1: Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on.